It's the time of year when we're all thinking about goals and priorities. Now is the time to plan your next trip. Whatever kind of travel fills you up, whether it's lounging on the beach, connecting with family and friends, or going on a foreign adventure, Expedia has the tools you need to plan a great trip. Download the Expedia app or visit Expedia.com to start planning. You do need to be a OneKey member to use price tracking. Signing up is easy and free. Expedia, made to travel. Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big juicy investment. Mmm, now that's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. I'm Oprah Winfrey. Welcome to Super Soul Conversations, the podcast. I believe that one of the most valuable gifts you can give yourself is time. Taking time to be more fully present. Your journey to become more inspired and connected to the deeper world around us starts right now. She wrote a lyric that really resonated with me. She wrote, I learned to love myself unconditionally because I am a queen. She knew that at 24. I don't know about you, but I did not know that at 24. So India has been on the path of self-discovery, loving herself through music. She's created a new word to describe what she loves to do now. She calls it songversation. And she's here with a session she calls Songversation Worthy, India Ari. Thank you. Good afternoon, how beautiful is this? Yeah. <gasps> Oprah said my name. <laughs> I swear that's how I feel. So, welcome to Songversation. It is my mission to spread love, healing, peace, and joy through the power of words and music. Thank you, I heard that. And Songversation is not a concert, it's not a lecture, it's not a performance even. This is a songversation. And a songversation is a practice that is part meditation, part prayer, part fellowship, and part action. And so Songversation Worthy is my story of breakdown, breakthrough, break the shell, elevate, and fly. Breakdown. Breakthrough, break the shell, elevate and fly. Like many of us in this room, I am a student of life. And I come from seven generations that I can genealogically trace and probably way more than that, of preachers and singers and evangelists. And so I stand on the shoulders of that legacy, thus this conversation. Yes, and so the music industry has been my university Music has been my major. The people I've interacted with have been my students and my teachers and my course study. And this practice of songversation, I think I would call it my thesis. As, when I came into, the, backtrack for a second. So when I came into the music industry, 
I was put into a box based on race and gender. And they basically said, you're a black woman, and so this is what people will accept from you. And I stayed in that box until it began to hurt and the flame of my creativity, which once burned so bright, I was always writing songs, I always felt inspired, stuck in this box, it began to turn in on me and I began to burn. My skin was burning, my lower back was burning, my stomach was burning, my heart was burning. And I began to self-destruct, literally. And I knew that I was in danger of being extinguished. And so standing here with this conversation, this is a powerful moment for me to be here sharing myself with you in this way. And it is my prayer that you will hear yourself in my story and that in whatever way you're meant to be touched, that you are. So break down, break through, break the shell, elevate and fly. My breakdown began in my childhood where I grew up in a very tumultuous home. And um, my childhood, it was full of love. My parents loved me. We had a dynamic family. My father was a professional athlete. My mother is a fashion designer. But my childhood was also traumatic. I was sexually abused by several people by the time I was 12. And my parents had uh, abusive relationships, so I saw horrible violence. And by the time I was 18 and I went away to college, I felt innately flawed and unlovable, really. And I walked through life with this ever-present undercurrent of melancholy. My mother is a singer, and I grew up to be one, too. And as I started writing songs, my songs became that outlet for my melancholy. And my gifts made me feel worthy of being loved by people, and my talent camouflaged all of my insecurities. And so my young mind deduced, if I write enough songs, I can write enough songs to heal all the pain. And if I have more success, I can, have, I can be more worthy and have more love because I'm successful, right? No, because it doesn't work like that, wrong. So I went into the music industry at 23 years old seeking to be healed which is laughable now because the music industry is treacherous. <laughs> With fame, you become literally a human commodity. And your, your space is invaded with opinions and projections from every direction. You're under constant scrutiny, the racism, the sexism, the misogyny, all that stuff we know that's in the music industry. But then you add on top of that the exhaustion of constant travel and the anxiety of like some new drama every day. And you get my drift. <laughs> but worst of all is the isolation of fame because no one, no matter how much they love you, no one really understands what it's like unless they've been there. And one of the most difficult parts of this experience of fame has been that my mother, who was always my backbone, everything, she made this skirt last night. <laughs> my mother's my backbone. She couldn't even understand that experience of fame and what it was feeling like. And so, when I crossed into that threshold of fame, I had strained relationships with everyone in my family, and I lost all my friends, all of them. And I went into living this isolated life and a depression that lasted for many years. I didn't even know it was there. I just didn't feel right. And so, it was the great wound of my life to discover that success doesn't equally equal happily ever after. 
achieving all my childhood dreams, singing with my heroes, being number one on the Billboard chart, winning Grammys, all that stuff was cool, cool, but it didn't heal me of that ever-present melancholy. And in fact, it magnified it. Macy's Mother's Day gift guide has the perfect gift to make mom feel special. Shop by price, like 25 and under to 100 and under. Category, like fragrance, handbags, and more. Or gift lists, like for the mom who has everything. Gifts that are already wrapped and ready to be gifted and for grandma. Get top gifts like Dolce & Gabbana Devotion, Eau de Parfum, Coach Floral Printed Leather Cassie Crossbody Bag, and Le Creuset Shallot Dutch Oven. Shop at Macy's.com slash gift finder. The next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of Blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's Black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. From Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Stories should never be about us, without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR, wherever you get podcasts. So, breakthrough. I released my first album, Acoustic Soul, in 2001. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Those albums mean a lot to me. It's been everything. It's been my life's work. I released my second album, Voyage to India, in 2002. Thank you. Thank you. And I toured and traveled and had many successes, but at the same time, profound defeat. So after Voyage to India, I took a break for several years and I came back in 2006 with my third album, Testimony Volume 1, Life and Relationship. Thank you. (laughs) And that album debuted number one on the Billboard chart. It was the first time that had ever happened for me. But then while on tour with that album, I had a spiritual breakdown that ended up being my unexpected spiritual breakthrough. And so this breakdown started in the dressing room before a concert, and my business team was trying to convince me to do something that would have been good for my career, but I just didn't have the time to fit it in between the tour and everything else that was going on. I didn't have the time. So they were calling and talking about it and pressuring me up to the minute I took stage. And I went out on stage and I gave everything, because that's what we do when we get up here. We give everything. And then I got back to my dressing room after the show and it all started up again. The calls and the pressuring and the talking at me and I snapped. It was as if my body and my soul had to separate from my personality so that my soul could say no. And I remember screaming, I was breaking things and I ran down this stairwell, many, many flights of steps, don't even remember how many now. And I got to the bottom of the steps and I kicked this door open and there were fans out there waiting to greet me. And I snapped too. And I walked back up the steps and I was just stunned because I didn't know what had just happened. And I collapsed on the floor crying and my whole band surrounded me and everybody was just really confused. And so I went home for two days and I rested and then I went back out on the road to complete the tour. 
And when I got back out there, no one asked me what was wrong. No one said, maybe you need to take a break or you need to go take care of yourself. They just reminded me of my schedule and my obligations. And I was miserable. I was raw. I was raw. And when the tour ended, I withdrew from everything completely. I self-medicated with isolation, which became my drug of choice. And I came off the tour and I stayed in the house for 30 days or more, literally 30 days, no front porch, no back porch, literally in the house for a month. And when I finally did travel again, it was to go to the opening of Oprah School in South Africa. So this is December of 2007, and we rang in the new year there in South Africa. While I was there, I had so many really important conversations. You can imagine the kind of people who were there. But the most impactful conversation I had was with the force of nature that is Cicely Tyson. <laughs> so we're there in South Africa. It's January 2nd, 2008. And I can't tell you everything she said because we just don't have time. But at the end of the conversation, she hit me on my arm and said, you need to break that shell and let life touch you. Break the shell for me means beginning to take action. So this is now 2008, and I, I record an album all the year of 2008, which is released early 2009. And in early 2009, I'm emotional from that applause, thank you. In early 2009, I released my fourth album. It's called Testimony, Volume 2, Love and Politics. Thank you. Thank you. And so I went into that year touring with Testimony, Volume 2, with my eyes wide open because Cicely Tyson told me to. It really, it was like, oh, okay, yes, ma'am. I'll do it. And so I went into the year with my eyes wide open and I watched as everything fell apart. While I was on tour, I dislocated my finger on stage. I threw up in the airport in Boston. I lost my voice and had to get steroid injections to get my voice back. I had to take a round of antibiotics. And this was the beginning of 2009. And so by the end of 2009, everything I was afraid of happening happened. I was humiliated on stage. I was sick. I was stolen from. And I'd hit rock bottom. And I saw. I saw what needed to change. And it was me. I had tried everything. In my early 20s, I tried drugs, didn't work. I tried to give my power away, thinking somebody else could fix my life and make things better, didn't work. I tried to pretend long enough just to get paid, didn't work. I tried to quit, didn't work. <laughs> and the only thing that I realized I hadn't tried was the truth. What is the truth? And I knew that no one was, gonna, no one was going to tell me to take a break and take care of myself, and so, I knew I had to do it for myself. The, my favorite quote is from the 20th century essayist, Anais Nin, and she says, and then the day came when the risk to remain tight in a bud was more painful than the risk it took to blossom. So I looked my fear right in the eye, and I tore my whole career down, my whole life down, down to the foundation, and then I realized I needed to break the foundation up, tear that up, down to the dirt, and then I realized I needed to just move somewhere else and start over somewhere else. And at this time, I'm 35 years old. I've released four albums. I've been in the music industry for 10 years, and I'm thinking it's time to take a chance on the truth. This would be the beginning of a four-year hiatus. Elevate. 
my life fell apart, and the first thing I did was go into nature. And so Henry David Thoreau, poet and philosopher, said it perfectly. He says, heaven is under our feet as well as over our heads. And so I went into nature and I listened. And the first thing, first, I began by writing my whole life story out to myself. It took me about two weeks. And the most important lessons I learned during that process are, number one, I'm responsible for me, as in responsible for how I feel. And number two, I'm responsible for me, as in responsible for the energy I bring to the world. And I, was, I didn't want to keep leaking my pain onto other people. And number three, I realized that I had the power all along, and all I had to do was use it. And <laughs> isn't that wild how that happens? And four, I learned that I had to be the highest authority in my life and in my business. And five, I learned that I had to define success for myself because everyone has their own agenda. There's nothing wrong with that. It's how we do business. But I too needed to have my agenda so that I knew that I was in alignment with my truth. And so the best, the best definition of success I've ever heard is from Dr. Maya Angelou. She said, success is liking yourself, liking what you do and liking how you do it. And my definition of success is to live with a joyful heart, to make money doing what I love, and to make a contribution to the elevation of humanity. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, now playing only in theaters. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. And I've been a seeker all my life in a quest to heal that haunting melancholy. And through my seeking, gradually, I did achieve a lot of clarity and spiritual maturity, and I lived comfortably in this bubble that was made of all of the knowledge and the wisdom I had accrued. But knowing is one thing and being is another thing. So I call this embodiment. Let me ex just let me explain this to you. So I'm standing on this mountaintop in Hawaii, and it was... I still don't really know why, for a lot of reasons. It was like this bubble that I lived in, this bubble of knowledge and wisdom, floated up above my head and burst open and it rained down on me and soaked through my skin and seeped like into my very being. And I felt instantly like I was, I don't know the word, instantly I was bathed. No, no. Mm. I wish I had a better, I have something here, but that's not the word. Instantly, I had come into myself. I don't have a better word. I came into myself. And it was like, oh, oh, we really do stand on the shoulders of our ancestors. The earth really is one interconnected being. Oh. And so if that spiritual breakdown in the dressing room in 2006 was a fragmenting of my mind, body, and soul, this seven years later spiritual awakening on the mountaintop was a reunion.
and embodiment is the best word I found to describe this. It was the actual shift on a cellular level. I felt like a different person, like I dropped into me. And the most important lesson of that awakening, the core truth that I was literally, the core truth that I was literally imbued with on the mountaintop that day is that there is nothing wrong with me. There's nothing wrong with me. And I'm worthy and I'm significant and I matter because I exist. Not because of my accomplishments, but because I exist. And I'm deemed no less worthy by anything I've done or anything that's been done to me. And then I came down from the mountaintop and something interesting happened. Because this is how life goes, right? I was tested. <laughs> and I, I call it Skingate 2013. So there's a cultural pain in the black community around self-worth, there's that word again, based on the shade, lighter or darker, of your skin. It's called colorism. Can't go into all that here. But in short, what I was accused of was not loving myself. And the irony was I had never loved myself more. And this Skingate 2013 was my chance to be me, the new me. And what I know now is that the things that we go through that hurt us and the lessons we are just our lessons. Those are our lessons. There's nothing wrong with... Mm. It's funny because, excuse me, I just got emotional. What I now know is that the things that we go through that hurt us is just life happening. It's just life happening and there's nothing wrong with it. You're just human. And what I now know is that there's always another shell to break and another flight to take. Because nothing fixes everything, not even a moment of enlightenment on a mountaintop. Nothing fixes everything. And so the life I live now, it's not struggle free, but I'm taking divine right action easier and faster because I know the pain of living. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and I know the power of living my truth. What I know now is <clears throat> the only way to be in alignment with your destiny is to follow your truth. Every choice you've made has brought you here. Where you will be in the future is not by accident, it is by choice, one choice at a time. I began life, really. I began this journey wounded and broken. But today, I've grown into a person who is self-defined. I'm courageous, even when I'm scared, I'm scared now. I'm courageous, I'm empowered, I'm in alignment with my destiny. And looking at the truth was the key that opened everything, being willing to just look at the truth and going inside for the clarity. Making decisions guided by my soul, not by my fear, not by my personality, but my soul. And how do we be in touch with our soul? By going inside, by going within. And I've been able to sustain my authenticity on this path of this awakening 
by this, my daily practice of songversation, which is part prayer, part meditation, part fellowship, part action. And the, way, the same way songversation begins with a prayer, it ends with a prayer. I always tell people, every song you write takes your whole life to write it, especially if it's simple. And what I know now, I'm, what, I, what I know for sure. <laughs> you quoted me. <laughs> what I know for sure is that we are all, we are all worthy and significant and we matter because we exist, period. We're worthy of our dreams, we're worthy of respect, we're worthy of the visions for our lives, we're worthy of our voices. I'm Oprah Winfrey, and you've been listening to Super Soul Conversations, the podcast. You can follow Super Soul on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join me next week for another Super Soul Conversation. Thank you for listening. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispie, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.